we have seen that wild animal suffering is a general term for the harms that animals living outside human control suffer due to causes that are partly or totally natural. There's another term we can use that also refers to the well-being of animals living in the wild. This is the term wild animal welfare. There are, however, several ways the term wild animal welfare can be used that refer to different things. Part of the reason for this is that the more general term animal welfare has different meanings. We'll see the different ways of using the terms welfare, animal welfare, and wild animal welfare. These are quite diverse, so there will be many distinctions drawn here. The word well-being is used to name how someone feels, well or bad. The term welfare is commonly used as a synonym. Your welfare is good when you are feeling good. The most common way to understand this is that you have good welfare when you have mainly positive experiences, that is, when your life is predominantly enjoyable, and you have negative welfare when you're feeling bad. We can consider this in terms of negative experience. Poor welfare or negative well-being occurs when you are suffering. This is the meaning we are using here. You should note that these terms are optimistically biased. The term well has a positive meaning. The well in well-being and in welfare might make us think that the default situation is positive. That is, that individuals tend to have positive well-being when in fact well-being can be positive or negative. Sentient beings are not always feeling good. They are often in situations where they are feeling bad, sometimes extremely bad. This happens especially in non-human animals both in those who are used by humans, mostly in factory farms, and those who live in the wild. In natural sciences, especially in veterinary science, the term welfare is the one that has been primarily used. When welfare is positive, that is, when pleasure, satisfaction, or other positive experiences prevail, the common expression that is used is good welfare. When it is negative, that is, when pain, distress, or other negative experiences prevail, the common expression is poor welfare. In philosophy, and sometimes in social sciences, the terms positive well-being and negative well-being are used. Although welfare and well-being are commonly used as synonyms, some people use them to mean different things. We look at well-being as what is good or bad for someone, but there are a few different views about what is good or bad for you. The term well-being is used by philosophers for whatever is positive or negative for you. According to a view that many people have today, what is negative for you is having negative experiences, and what is positive for you is having positive experiences. According to another view, it consists of other things too, such as meaningful relationships or success in meaningful goals. A third view considers that if your preferences are satisfied, then that is good for you, and if they are frustrated, then that is bad for you regardless of whether that causes you to have negative or positive experiences. According to this view, having your preferences thwarted is always negative for you, even if fulfilling them would not bring you any positive feelings. More relevant to the issue we're facing here, there are also different ways the term welfare has been used in natural sciences, especially in veterinary science. The most common way the term is used is the one we have seen, with animal welfare meaning the way someone feels. In some cases, welfare is used to name not just how someone feels, but also other factors affecting how someone feels, such as one's health. Finally, there are cases where the term animal welfare has been identified with the behavior of animals that is considered to be natural. According to this, one's welfare would be one's capacity to behave naturally. The second two concepts are more complex than the original and intuitive meaning of the term. We could say they divert the issue from the key problem at stake, 
which is how good or bad one feels. Accordingly, the second conception of welfare can be challenged by arguing that external factors different from the actual experience that someone has are not important in themselves. They can be relevant indirectly, as indicators of how those experiences are. As for the third conception of welfare, it can be challenged on similar grounds. At this point, we know that what is natural is sometimes good, but it is often not. In many cases, animals behaving naturally are feeling good, but in other cases they are not. An animal in a relaxed situation in which she has food, shelter, good health, will behave very differently from how she would if she were to face different challenges animals typically face in the wild. If these criticisms are correct, we might wonder why these alternative conceptions are held. One of the factors explaining this is that the science that studies animal welfare is a cross-disciplinary field which uses different methods. These include the assessment of different physiological and behavioral indicators of animal welfare, as well as external conditions. These indicators should not be confused with well-being itself. A big challenge we face is that the aspiration to present animal welfare science as providing objective results reinforces this. Since we can obtain objective data of factors such as animals' health or behavior, but less so of the animals' experiences. Having seen the classifications I've just mentioned, we can now consider the different ways the term animal welfare has been used. The main and most straightforward meaning of animal welfare is very simple. It's how good or bad an animal is feeling. The term animal welfare is also used as the name of a science or group of sciences. The science of animal welfare is the scientific study of how good or bad animals are feeling. That is, of how good or bad their lives are from the point of view of their well-being. It uses different methods that consider behavioral or physiological indicators to assess how animals are feeling. Another use of the term animal welfare is to mean legal measures or regulations whose purpose is that animals don't suffer certain harms or to limit the extent to which they suffer some harms. Finally, the term animal welfare has sometimes been used for the view that the harms that animals suffer due to exploitation should be reduced, though not necessarily eliminated. The term animal welfare, as used in wild animal welfare, concerns the first and second uses of the term. It doesn't necessarily concern the third one, as there are currently very few laws about how wild animals can be affected by human action that are based on their welfare. Almost all of the laws are based on environmental or conservation laws that consider animal populations or species, but not individuals. It's also unrelated to the fourth meaning mentioned earlier. The position that it is acceptable to use non-human animals in harmful ways as long as we reduce the harm is a different view that should not be confused with the idea that animals have lives that can go well or bad from the point of view of their well-being, or with the study of this. This means it's a position that shouldn't be confused with either animal welfare science or welfare biology. So wild animal welfare can be understood to mean, first, the situation of undomesticated animals, including feral ones, with regard to how good or bad their well-being is. Second, the scientific study of how good or bad such well-being is. There has been very little research about this in comparison to research on the well-being of domesticated animals. There are three differences between the meaning of wild animal welfare and the term wild animal suffering. The term wild animal suffering has been used to name partially or completely natural harms suffered by animals living outside direct human control. 
The first difference between these two terms is that the term wild animal welfare appears to consider the well-being of animals in the wild in general, while wild animal suffering refers in particular to their negative well-being, that is, to the bad part of it. However, factors positively affecting the well-being of individuals are typically also those that tend to reduce their suffering. Also, it could be argued that the most crucial component of the well-being of animals in the wild, and of others as well, is their suffering. Another difference between the terms is that, unlike wild animal suffering, the term wild animal welfare is also commonly used for the welfare of wild animals directly affected by human beings, as well as the study of this. This includes both animals in captivity and animals in the wild being directly harmed by humans, for instance by eradication methods or by fishing. Because of a tendency to disregard the well-being of animals living outside human control, the term wild animal welfare is most often used to refer to captive animals of species that have not been domesticated, such as wild animals in circuses or zoos. There is no reason to limit the meaning of the term in this way. It can also refer to animals living outside human control, but the term wild animal suffering is not used for the suffering of wild animals in captivity. The third difference is that the term wild animal welfare is also used for the science that studies the welfare of the animals mentioned above. Again, this typically includes animals in captivity, and it's sometimes assumed to include only them. But here again, it is perfectly valid for the term to include the scientific study of the well-being of animals in the wild as well, and to use the same indicators of well-being that are used for animals in captivity. In fact, the term captive wild animal welfare science could be a more appropriate name for the study of animals in captivity. In some cases, wild animal welfare is used as a synonym for wild animal suffering. This can make sense depending on the context, though we should bear in mind the possible confusions derived from the different meanings of wild animal welfare. Wild animal welfare science can help us to assess the well-being of animals living in the wild. But in order to understand why the conditions of an animal's life are the way they are in a particular environment, we need ecology and other scientific fields. An understanding of how ecosystems work will help us to understand what kinds of conditions could result from different ecosystem changes, whether natural or human-caused. This is one of the things we'll look at next.